Hi there, and welcome to the Curious Collective podcast, conversations designed for the veteran and first responder community to bring awareness to those holistic practices that help us live our best life. So tap into the wisdom and knowledge of our guests to heal, transform, and live as your true soulful self. Hi there, listeners. Today with us, we have the amazing Shane Dimmich, who is based here in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast. Now, I actually met Shane through the veteran first responder space. He is one of those beautiful souls of service that's always offering up his time, knowledge, wisdom, uh, and expertise to make other people's lives better. So welcome, Shane. It's so great to finally have you here. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time coming. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what is it that you're doing in the world these days? We would love to hear. Um, currently, um, I'm volunteering for a few different organisations um, here up on the Sunshine Coast. So firstly is for Buddy Up Australia. Uh, which provides um, services for current and ex-serving military first responders and their families. Um, secondly, I'm running free weekly yoga on behalf of Frontline Yoga. So that provides free yoga for all frontline workers. And that picks up all of our doctors, nurses, SES, uh, Marine Rescue. Um, and thirdly, I've just started as the events manager um, for young veterans here on the Sunshine Coast. So I'll be organising more events. So. I'm, oh, I'm in wow. I'm in the wellness stage of um, three different organisations and, yeah, love doing what I do. Yeah, wow. I think those organisations are very lucky to have you and uh, three amazing uh, organisations within our space as well. So what is it that you do uh, within those organisations apart from sort of organising events? So young veterans, I've just come on board, so I'm specifically just going to be doing events there as they've got people in all of the roles um, so I just put the feelers out, um, see what people want to do, and then I've got the time and passion. So I'll put those events together um, for the members, advertise them, attend them, um, and meet, meet and greet everyone at those events. For Buddy Up Australia, um, I'm the chapter leader here. So I started it on the Sunshine Coast after previously um, setting up and running a chapter in Foster, New South Wales for the past three years. Mm -hmm. So I do everything up here from... Um, grant support um, meet and greets with um, local politicians or key stakeholders that can assist us or we can assist um, and then I do a little bit of one-on-one um, -on -one welfare style um, wellness catch-ups I prefer to call it because we don't provide um, crisis cover um, within this organisation um, and then I put on a lot of events um, mainly just things that have worked for me over the years that aren't specifically prescribed by any medical practitioners um, that I know that work. So um, it's usually a lot of mindful-based uh, activities. Um, and then with Frontline Yoga, specifically just running a very, very, very chilled yoga class every Saturday afternoon um, at Zenko Yoga at Maruchidor. Mm, I've spoken to some veterans that have attended your classes and and only good feedback. So what is it about yoga that you love and what got you into that space? Um, I got into yoga through uh, one of my hospital visits, which we'll talk about um, down the track a little bit, but uh, we're doing Tai Chi and yoga um, during that. And I just noticed the benefits of my mind not wandering and just focusing on pretty much not falling over. Um <laughs> and trying to touch my toes. So that was my whole focus. Everything else had stopped. Um, 
I kept doing yoga whilst I was in hospital. And then once I got out, I just went to my local studio and said, whatever it is you do here, I need to be here. Um, started practicing pretty much every day for the next year. Um, but I was doing all of the, the stronger classes because I figured that I needed to be sweating and hurting um, to get something out of it. I wasn't up to the stage of being kind to myself um, as physically back then. So mm. I was doing all the, the harder classes and then I had the opportunity to do my yin yoga teacher training, which I hadn't been practicing that style. But once I did my 100 hours of that, it totally changed my whole focus in life. And I just saw myself needing to slow people down. Um, so I started teaching yin yoga and then I did restorative training, which is even more relaxing than yin. Um, and then I did my traditional yoga teacher training after that. So it's all for the mindfulness um, I, don't, I don't care what you can touch or what shape you can form. It's all about the stretching the mind and yeah. um, flexibility within the mind. Yeah, I love that. And I, there's actually been a common thread or theme through, through a few of the episodes that we've had with regards to people that have, you know, come from a military background or first responder with regards to yoga is they've gone into the hard and fast sort of Ashtanga, Vinyasa type styles and then gone and progressively either move to the yin or the qigong or things like that. So uh, it, yeah. it's interesting to hear that again. And there's, there's plenty of other ways out there that you can do the physical exercise, but I think um, especially for the people that come to my classes, they need that hour or hour and a half um, of quiet time and still time for themselves mm -hmm. just to let their mind and body do the healing that it needs to do. Absolutely. And so you mentioned just there something really important that the listeners might not know is that is the duration of a yin class is longer. What else uh, about yin could you share that people might not know? Um, my classes were on the floor the whole time. Um, during the hour, we'll do usually three to five different poses. Um, depending on the pose, we'll hold the positions for between five and seven minutes. Um, we use blankets and props, so we're anything that's touching the floor that might feel a bit uncomfortable, we'll put a prop underneath it just to keep you comfy. So most other styles of yoga, you're trying to engage certain muscles um, or certain muscle groups. Yin yoga, you try to set your body up so it's fully supported and you can just switch off um, those muscles so we can get into our connective tissues, down into our fascia and ligaments and bones fascia that's a big one like uh, I know is. I've been doing lots of my own research recently about around fascia and I don't know if you've got some more to share on that but I know that a lot of sort of emotion and trapped trauma uh, is sometimes held within the fascia of the body so so practices like this are fantastic to help release that in a natural way yeah I, I won't go too deep into it but yeah it's like the the netting that we have wrapping over our muscles that we don't usually get to give any love to so this allows us to get in and lubricate and loosen up those those connective tissues mm. um just to to keep our muscles doing what they need to do and yeah it, it, there's not many other ways that we can get in there and do the work to these particular parts mm. fantastic so i love that you're out there doing all these amazing things of service in the in the community right now so what was your sort of pivotal point or journey to get to this space uh that you're of service now okay so i'm um ex-army so i did 11 years um, I got out in 2011. Um, I thought all was going well for a few years. I was doing this, the, the working a lot, um, drinking a lot and socialising a lot. 
um, did that for a few years, so no real emotions or anything were coming up or being dealt with. Um, fast forward to middle of 2016, I had definitely had it pointed out to me and noticed that something wasn't quite going right. And that's when I put my hand up for help and um, went to the GP, got diagnosed or sent to the psychiatrist and then diagnosed PTSD, depression, anxiety um, and alcohol abuse. Um, I did six months of the medication cycle um, and it, it really did nothing good for me. Um, and then six months later, I found myself with a plan to end everything one night. Um, I was drunk. I'd been gambling. Um, I wasn't in a good space and I didn't want to be here anymore and I was I was going that night. Um, somehow I ended up on the phone to back then VVCS, now Open Arms. Um, they called an ambulance and I was taken up to the Keith Payne unit at Green Slopes Private and I spent the next three months there. Uh, my first day in hospital, my whole focus changed. I, I was running two businesses. I had money. I had all the shiny things. Um, but day one in hospital, I just wanted to work out how I can stop people ending up where I've just ended up. Mm. Um, and then all the doctors were saying the old analogy of putting your mask on um, before you help others put theirs on. But it was just something just changed with me that day where I just needed to to help other people. My whole, whole focus in life and what was important changed. Like a, a um, switch was flicked for you. Yeah. So I, I consider myself very lucky to be here because I wasn't planning on being alive the next day. So mm. Since I was, that just changed my whole path in life. Um, yeah, it's been on the up um, ever since then. With a totally I'm glad focus. that you made that decision to ring VVCS that night. Yeah, me too. And so your time that you spent in the Keith Payne unit, what were the main things that you uh, took away from that experience? Um, I did every bit of education that I could while I was there. So I noticed when I was there, there's, I was, I was obviously in a very bad way when I got there. So my first couple of days, I was just in bed. I'd never been into a, a hospital, let alone a mental health um, hospital before. So I was very, very daunting. Um, didn't really know what I was doing, what to expect. So the first couple of days, I just laid low. And then, yeah, after that, I got into every program that I could, any activity that was there. Um, I spent just under three months and during that time I was told that I'd never work again and I'd be on medication for the rest of my life, which I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I, I believe that. Um, so as far as what I learned then and put into practice, not much, but two years later, um, I ended up back in the same hospital pretty much two years to the day. And I would say there would have been 80% of the same people there. Oh, interesting. All, all I noticed was first thing in the morning, everyone lining up for their medication just to knock themselves out and go back to bed. Um, whenever I asked for some extra assistance or said I had a problem, the answer was um, Valium and sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's when I definitely realised there's more to life than this and then started pursuing oh. um, the paths that I'm on now. Um, and it, it wasn't until I took control of my wellness um, that things started improving. Shane, I just felt that through my whole body when you said that. And, you know, it, it, it just comes down to choice. And that was you stepping up and choosing you, uh, regardless of what you'd been told or what you were seeing or what you were feeling around you. And far out, that's a powerful message for anyone listening that is potentially in the same position or, or you know, headed down 
headed down that path. So whew, thank you for sharing that. I actually, I actually found it difficult to take a deep breath as you were speaking. I'm like, why do you feel they tell people you will never work again um, and, and sort of give people that end state diagnosis? What, what do you think that's about? I'm, I'm not sure, but it, it's definitely not the right wording to use because especially with the, the organisations that I'm with, the amount of times I'll put events on or I'll talk to someone and say, oh, this will be awesome for you. And they go, oh, I can't do that. I've got PTSD. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I, I was diagnosed with that too, but I'm choosing to to do these things. Mm -hmm. And um, I, th I think it just puts a lot of people in the wrong mindset where they are then a victim for the rest of their life going, well, this is me. This is what I've been branded as. Um, yeah. A doctor told me this. So that, that's obviously got to be right because he's wearing a white coat and um, he knows more than me. But and also I know my shown, body. Yeah. Yep. That's it, isn't it? It's, it's about knowing your body, listening to your body, learning how to listen to your body. And the word I'm hearing really strongly is trust. Who are you putting your trust and faith in? The people in the white coats and the medical or the system or yourself? Like you've lost all people perhaps have lost all trust in themselves and their own inner knowing and yeah. and the ability to have that choice. Yeah, so fast forward a couple of years, um, my psychiatrist at the time, I'd been seeing him for about four years. He didn't want to have anything to do with me looking at getting off medication. He just said, if that's the way you want to go, then I can't help you. So I found um, a psychiatrist who was an ex-army doctor um, and spoke to him about what I wanted to do. He could see that I was passionate and he had faith in what I could do. So um, he was awesome. His prescriptions were on post-it notes and they were to eye herb to get supplements, herbs, nutrients um, that would definitely Wow, he's a rarity. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I did, <laughs> I, I did TMS, which is your transcranial magnetic stimulation mm -hmm. to the brain. Um, and again, I gauged when I felt good for that. So every time I went back for my top-ups, I'd go to the hospital and tell them what I'm having. And the doctors would say, that's not going to do anything for you. You need this. And I said, well, this is when I'm here. This is when I'm leaving. This is how many treatments I'm having. Yes. Um, so yes. They, they'd, get the, they'd get the shits and wouldn't. They, they'd go, all right, well, there you go. There's your 30-second mm -hmm. consult. Um, and that was it. They Oh, I, I, the, the, uh, an empowered patient is not something people are used to, you know, when you're stepping up and saying, this is what I want for me and my body. Is it uh, boundaries, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, I, I probably sounded very arrogant, but I know, no. I know what I need and yeah, I knew I'd get it. I'd like to touch back on a little bit uh, of what you mentioned with the TMS. Now, I, I see this within the veteran first responder space being prescribed a lot uh, I don't know that much about it, but do, is there something more you can share about it and why you feel like this is uh, a, a common thing that's prescribed lately? Yeah, so most psychiatrists have one of these machines now. So the the old electronic machine that they've been using, ECT, I think it's called, for years and years has a lot of side effects and a lot of danger, I guess, running electricity through your mind, mm. um, whereas this is using um, electromagnets so when I first took on this option, I wanted to be medication free when I did it because I didn't want to be trying to judge the dosage of this machine against the dosage of medication yeah. and working out what works. So the day I started, this was my first day of being off everything um, guided by my new psychiatrist. So basically they, they zap 
your brain in all these different spots with um, this little magnetic wand and they watch your fingers for what moves and that's how they gauge where in your brain that needs um, the treatment. Then once you've got that, they they work out a percentage of strength and a time that you get it. And there's a machine that just hovers above your head and it just, it feels like tapping, but it's just the little electromagnetic force going in there. Um, and I'd say the best way to describe it is like when you look at a cow paddock full of cows, they all follow that one track, which is very heavily worn, mm -hmm. um, where there's a heap of other tracks that they could be taking to get to the same place. So this is just opening up all different pathways that maybe aren't getting used throughout the mind. Mm -hmm. um, rather than just having that one train of thought going back and forth, it's opening up all the different pathways again. And it makes me feel, I'll, I'll just say happy. As soon as I sit in the seat, um, I feel happy. So depression is the main one that it works on for me. Um, a lot of people use it for anxiety and for some other um, ailments, but depression's my one. And I used to be able to tell when I needed it. And as soon as I got into that seat, I'd feel better. I'd have my se seven sessions over a week and I'd feel fantastic by the end of it. So it's sort of like um, that that video that Dr. Joe Dispenza shows of the, the remapping of the neural pathways within the brain. Is that sort of what it is that's a great analogy but, you used about the cows in the paddock that makes so much sense to me yeah I got that one explained to me years ago and that's yeah mm. that, that just works for me so I I was having it probably up to every six weeks um, I was going back into hospital for five days to have it done because I couldn't get it done as an outpatient where I was but since I've moved up here I haven't needed it so I haven't had it since yeah. December last year and yeah. I feel feel great just with everything that I'm doing yeah fantastic um uh, there is actually a guy I'll mention it now and we'll and we'll continue our situation uh, our conversation uh, that's been on this podcast and his name is the brain guy and he talks about remapping of neural pathways and how to tap into the brain naturally uh using similar processes of breath and all sorts of things so um yeah, nice. yeah that's really cool I'll send you the link to that one um but so after your uh, TMS, what sort of other things do you incorporate now? You've, you're doing your yoga for you. Uh, what are your other main tools in your holistic toolkit? Um, sunrise. I can't mm -hmm. take credit for that one, but um, <laughs> I could take credit for me getting up for it. So um, if I've got my little girl, I'll just wake up at sunrise and enjoy it wherever I am. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm at home without her, I'll make sure on the beach mm -hmm. um, to watch the sun come up. Um, movement early on so I do sunrise and then either a walk or I've been doing um, yoga or even just stretching moving mm -hmm. just anything um, there's a lot of qigong and um, tai chi sort of moves that I do just to get the whole body moving first thing in the morning I love that. Um, and community I think is just having people around um, is definitely what keeps us going and if you look at the the happiest people in the world and the the people who live the longest in the world they've all got one thing in common and that's community having people absolutely. around them absolutely <laughs> whether it's friends or family it's just having people there connected so even absolutely. just with yoga like I'm, I'm a yoga teacher but if I practice at home I'll get probably 10 minutes mm. whereas if I'm in a studio I can practice all day just because I'm surrounded by people mm. um and that, that's that's my jam I just meet people yeah and and that's I mean it's people claim they're not people 
people. Uh, but a connection is one of the six basic human needs. And I know it's up in the top of my values list. Um, and I think as well, these this day and age, it's, like, it's about aligned connections and those people that will see and hear you for who you are. And you don't have to be anyone else. You just have to be you. And it's, there's nothing better than it. And hugs are the best medicine. Yeah, yeah, COVID slowed that down a little bit, unfortunately, because that's what yoga used to be about. It was all hugs beforehand, yoga, and then coffee, pretty much everyone together afterwards. And yeah. you're around all the like-minded people. No one has to pretend to be anything. You just, you are who you are and everyone loves you for that. Yeah, yeah, that is so beautiful. And um, I love that you get up each morning for the sunrise. I mean, it's such a gift, isn't it? And it, it, you can just give gratitude to that because it, it's it's yeah. there every day. Even if it's, it's overcast and gross, it's still there. <laughs> yeah, it's, get, it's getting early now too. I think it was about quarter to five this morning. So you mentioned um, you have a daughter. I know she's very, very important in your life. She's also been part of your healing journey. Yeah, so she's eight. Her name's Bridie. Um Yes, yeah, so when me and her mother split, I was down in Foster, New South Wales at the time. Um, they moved up to the Sunshine Coast, so I spent uh, nearly four years travelling back and forth every couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, she's everything to me. So I've had her doing yoga since she was about two. Um, she comes to most of my classes now and tucks herself up in the, the corner. She has her own kid yoga every Thursday afternoon that she goes to. Um, we were doing daddy-daughter yoga every Monday, but now gymnastics has taken over <laughs> for that one. Um, but, yeah, she's she's excellent. So she I love to... that you're sharing that together. That's such a beautiful yeah. gift for her as she's growing up. She'll always remember that. Yeah, she comes to most of the most of the buddy-up events that I run um, because they are mindful, mm. um, child-friendly events. We just had a watercolour painting event last week and a yeah. wreath-making event. Um and yeah, she she loves coming to all of that sort of stuff. And I feel like as well, I'd love to talk into. Do you feel like through the path you've taken to to do this inner healing on yourself and sort of empower yourself with all of these practices that you've brought in, your daughter's been part of that, and and also showing you along the way uh, parts of yourself that you perhaps hadn't seen before. Yeah, well, I think kids do a lot of things perfectly as well. Um, and then as we grow up, we start to lose all our bad habits. So if you watch a, a child breathe, they're breathing down into their belly because they don't care if it gets pushed out and they might have a little roll there. Whereas as we grow up, we're constantly sucking it in so we look good, but which means we're not breathing correctly. Um, a lot of yoga poses are based on kids. So, yeah, they, they just have so much innocence and they just do so many things properly. And then life gets in the way and society and we, we pick up a lot of bad habits. Yeah, they're great to watch. Kids and animals, like, you yeah, know, you watch exactly. animals and they exactly. just sort shit out so quickly. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be they, like they you. Get, they get stressed, they shake it off, and then yeah. back to, back to um, living back life. Back to grazing in about, the paddock. <laughs> not worrying about what's happened or what's going to happen. They're just worried about eating. So I, I feel like I'd love to ask you this question to sort of sum up our conversation because I know you'll have some wisdom around this. If there are listeners out there who are stuck in the system or perhaps aren't feeling like they can step up and make these empowered choices, what advice do you have for them to help them move through that threshold? Um, positive talk, I'd say, is one massive one. What what you say to yourself is exactly right. If you tell yourself you can or you can't, you're right. So um, positive mindset, maybe have a look at what some people around you are doing. 
um, especially people that might have been in similar situations to you, but um, have sort of come out the other side. Um, just have, have a look around at what's available, get moving. Um, I, I challenge a few people to send me sunrise photos every morning. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and fr from what I've heard, most of those people like thanking me a lot for mm. just introducing them to that. Um, and I find if you start your day off right, then the, the whole day just flows nicely. Mm. So I think positive ownership of, of yourself, um, a clear vision of what you want to do, if you want to get better, um, if you want to work on your wellness rather than your illness, um, and it, it's up to you. No one else is going to get you better. You're the only person that's going to help you. Oh, I felt that through my whole body. Yes, yes, and yes. Oh, so much goodness there. Uh, those that want to make a change, actually rewind that last bit and have a listen to it because that was pure gold. Thank you so much, Shane. And I know that you are out there planting seeds and dropping so much wisdom into the community. So those that have the questions and um, have the space to maybe attend some of the live events through any of the organisations, uh, Shane's of service to, please, please come along to those uh, now and into the future. Thank you, Shane. Uh, any Sorry. last words for the listeners? Um, probably one that I just said then. So it's all about um, investing time and money in your illness or wellness. You've got to you've got to look after one of them. So choose which one. Mm, you always have choice. Awesome. Thank you, Shane. Stay curious, listeners. Katie out. Mm -hmm.